The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Schaap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Search Metrics. Search Metrics sets the standard for innovation in the content and search engine optimization industry. They support businesses who care about understanding both how to use content as a marketing channel and how to improve their organic ranking in Google. If you're an enterprise level marketer, the Search Metrics suite of software and services will help you optimize your existing content, help you understand what topics you need to cover next, and how to ensure that your writers produce effective posts. There's billions of Google searches happening every day, and Search Metrics gets your stories to the top. Okay, today we're going to talk about a topic that is likely the present and future of digital marketing automation. Joining us is Magnus Unimer, who is a marketing automation consultant and the author of Data-Driven Marketing with Artificial Intelligence. Outside of being an author, a speaker, Magnus is a former Internet of Things software developer turned internet marketer and marketing automation consultant who supports his client with inbound content marketing, sales funnels, and marketing tool automation. In this episode, Magnus is going to give us an overview of marketing automation, some of its best practices, and the tools being used to drive efficiency and growth. Here is the first part of our interview with Magnus Unimer, the author of Data-Driven Marketing with Artificial Intelligence. Magnus, it's wonderful to have you on the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for joining us. And thank you for inviting me. Let's start off with some formalities. I am positive that I butchered your last name. How do you say it? In Swedish, I pronounce it Unimer, but in English, it usually becomes something like Unimer. Unimer, or in English, Unimer. You're based in Sweden, is that correct? Yes. Okay. Well, I appreciate you staying up late to record this podcast. And uh, I just want all of our listeners to know that you put an extra effort to be a MarTech guest. So you get a gold star in our book. (laughs) Okay, no problem. So let's talk a little bit about marketing automation. That's your area of expertise. Um, Can we start off? Why don't you just give us a little background on you and some of the work that you've done to give our listeners some context? So I have been in the international software industry for 25 years, uh, the last 20 years in different marketing positions, including product marketing manager, product manager, and uh, vice president of sales and marketing. So I've been in the B2B marketing space for a very long time. And since this industry is quite international, built a distributor network in 50 countries, 
quickly realized that it was very cost efficient to work more actively with internet marketing. And because we were a software company, marketing automation seemed to be a really good fit for us because we understand advanced software in combination with the need for internet marketing services. So we started to use marketing automation quite a lot in my previous company. And for the last couple of years, I'm now working as an independent marketing automation consultant, helping our companies introduce marketing automation with the purpose of generating more leads and nurture those leads automatically into paying customers. So growing the business, basically. So you had a technical background, worked in project management, moved into internet marketing, and now you're specializing in marketing automation. Let's talk a little bit about how you define marketing automation. Give me the summary for the people that are new to the space. I think marketing automation is different things to different people. To some people, it's simply a registration form on a website and a drip sequence of emails afterwards. And to me, that is not marketing automation. That is just simple email marketing. For me, even basic marketing automation is much more. For example, a marketing automation system is tracking the behavior or the digital footprint of website visitors to check which pages on the website they visit, which emails they open, what links in the emails they open, perhaps how different leads watch uh, video clips on the website. A marketing automation system usually provides something called lead scoring, where a mathematical algorithm is used to estimate how close a particular lead is to purchase. And we can then use those lead scoring numbers to trigger different uh, nurturing workflows for different people, depending on how close they are to buy, or at least how close the system thinks they are to buy. But a marketing automation system should also provide adaptive behavior and modify the content on the website or in the emails based on insights gathered from data. So dependent on what website pages have been visited or which emails have been opened or clicked, the website may provide a different copy or imagery the next time that specific person arrives to the website. Okay. Some really interesting things there. And I think you broke up marketing automation into four or five different components. First off is leveraging the data that you have to track and understand your user's behavior, what you called their digital footprint. Second is creating a lead scoring system to understand how valuable a potential prospect is. There's the triggers when a user completes a specific action, being able to launch outreach, and then modifying content that is specific to that customer. What I'd like to do is go through each one of those individual steps and just have you give us some of your thoughts on some of the best practices or how people can get started. Let's start with tracking the behavior of a customer or a prospect that comes to the website and understanding their digital footprint. Tell me a little bit about the best practices and what are some of the tools and services companies are using to track behavior? Typically, this capability is is a standard feature of any marketing automation system you may buy on the open market. So something like HubSpot, Market2, Infusionsoft, perhaps. And it really works by recording the IP address of a particular website visitor in combination by storing a cookie on that specific computer. So the next time a visitor comes back to the website, we can check the IP address of that computer in combination with the existence of that cookie and determine whether or not that particular visitor has been to the website before, and if so, who that person may be. So you mentioned HubSpot, Marketo, Infusionsoft. To me, those are the enterprise-level marketing automation systems. They're generally high price points, thousands of dollars, I believe, per month. 
There are other tools that are probably more early stage and growth stage startup tools. There's Conversion Kit. I've heard of Clavio. There's a handful of other marketing automation softwares that you can use to, to fire triggers. Talk to me about the difference between some of the down market tools and some of the sort of traditional players like the HubSpot Marketo. What's the difference? In terms of tracking the behavior, I think even the low-end tools do pretty much the same things. So they would track who is visiting the website, when they do it, how often they do it, what pages they visit. They will track whether or not you open an email or uh, whether or not you click and click a link in the email or click a link on the website. So in that sense, I think even the low-end systems do pretty much the same thing as the high-end tools. I think the difference is larger in other areas. Okay. So talk to me a little bit about lead scoring, which was the next component of marketing intelligence. Once you have a sense and you're able to capture the data from your customers, you're essentially using a system to score them. Walk us through the fundamentals of lead scoring. So traditionally, lead scoring has been done by designing a company-specific algorithm that judges whether or not someone is close to a purchase. And the lead scoring algorithm can be pretty simple, such as a lead getting plus one for every page view or website visit, perhaps getting plus three points for downloading a PDF or getting plus two points for opening or clicking an email. Maybe you get plus five points for viewing a minimum 30 seconds of a video clip on the website. And if you visit the job opportunities page, then you get perhaps minus 10 because then you're likely a job searcher rather than a potential customer. So traditionally, you have designed your own lead scoring algorithm to determine which lead is more likely to buy compared to another lead. But nowadays, we can actually use predictive analytics, which is part of artificial intelligence or AI, where an AI algorithm compares the behavior of a particular lead to the behavior of actual customers before they became customers. And dependent on how similar the behavior is for the new lead, we can judge whether or not they are likely to buy soon as well. And you typically get a lead score in the range of 0 to 100%. And if a lead is only 25% ready to buy, perhaps we can trigger an automatic email sequence with a soft sales message. But whenever someone do a little bit more on the website, they may get a 50% lead score. And the marketing automation system may choose to send a different email sequence with a harder sales message. For anyone who has actually received a 75% lead score, thus being probably quite likely to buy soon, then the marketing automation system could create a to-do task in the CRM system, such that a sales rep actually calls that person using a manual phone call. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi, who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. 
No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. So there's a couple of components there that you mentioned. First off, you're using the behaviors to assign certain points to a lead to understand what their likely value is. And now instead of just using actual behaviors or trying to map what a specific prospect has done relative to other people that became customers to understand their value. And that's where AI comes in. You've also mentioned that you're segmenting the lead scores based on people that are engaging with your content, but not great prospects that need more soft selling. And then there's the people that are likely in buy mode and you're assigning scores You mentioned sort of doing these in 25-point increments and trying to divide the lead scoring base into four different components. Is there any standard scoring model that is being applied for all types of businesses? Is it different from B2B to B2C? Can you go into a little bit more about the sort of standards for creating your company-specific algorithm? I'm not sure if there is any such standard. I think every company is quite unique and they have different pieces of content that may have a different value in that industry. So I've never used any such standard, but rather design a company-specific lead scoring model that fits the purposes of that particular company. Okay, so it's really something that has to be done internally, assigning the leads. Talk to me a little bit about once somebody hits the, the different milestones within your lead scoring mechanism. They go from your 0 to 25, who are your window shoppers, 25 to 50 prospects that need more cultivation, and 50 and above potential buyers and likely buyers. Talk to me about what are the triggers that marketing automation uses to drive people from one channel to the other? Is it just email marketing? Are there other ways for outreach that can be fired when somebody's lead score improves? It depends a little bit on what system you use and and what channels you usually use in your marketing. Traditionally, it is email marketing, but it can be other things like the push notifications, for example. It can be messages on social media, posting messages on chat channels like Slack or Twitter, for example. But it is usually email, but it can be other things as well. You can send SMS text messages using mobile networks as well, although that is a bit more intrusive and you should probably do that with a little bit more care. There's also the manual process that you mentioned of having someone in your sales organization do outreach more hand-to-hand combat. Talk to me about some of the different ways people are using triggers and what are the differences between some of the tools? Is this where the difference between the HubSpot, Marketo, and Fusionsoft of the world, different from the down market tools like ActiveCampaign and MailChimp? Yeah, I think this is where you start to see a larger difference. So for example, what you can do is that if a particular lead is visiting the pricing page on your website, that is likely a sales trigger. So that could improve the lead score, or it can trigger a specific email sequence. You could send an email to the closest distributor or sales rep and have that 
sales guy called the person because he visited the pricing page recently. For example, I usually invite people to a webinar whenever they reach a particular lead score. So say someone has reached 50% lead score, then there may be an automatic email dripping out that invites them to a webinar. That webinar can be pre-recorded as kind of a video, but in the form of an automatic webinar. And if someone actually clicks on the link in that invitation email and sign up for the webinar, then they will get reminders, perhaps one day in advance or one hour in advance, to actually join the webinar they signed up for. After the webinar, there may be a follow-up nurturing sequence, and that may be different for people who registered to the webinar and actually attended, compared to those who registered and didn't show up. So there are many ways you can automate the funnel and the nurturing process and hook in, for example, webinars in that customer journey. Interesting. I'm curious to hear, I know this is a little bit separate from marketing automation, but what are the webinar tools and how are you connecting the dots between the technologies of, I'm not sure which tool you use for your business, but I'm assuming it's an enterprise level tool. How are you connecting the data from your marketing automation service to webinars? I'm usually using a service from Citrix called GoToWebinar for manually managed webinars. And it's an excellent and very robust service that has worked every time for me. GoToWebinar integrates nicely with many marketing automation systems. So, for example, if you use HubSpot or Marketo, then you get access to data on how certain leads have signed up for and attended or not attended to different webinars. And you can then use the marketing automation workflow logic to send different nurturing behavior dependent on how people reacted in terms of that particular webinar. There are other webinar services that are more geared towards recorded or pre-recorded fully automatic webinars that run multiple times every day, 24 by 7, without any manual intervention. And there's a tool called uh, EverWebinar for that, for example. All right. So you're tracking your customer's behavior. You're understanding how they're engaging with your content. That feeds into your lead score. You're using your triggers to send emails, push notifications, do some social media, even SMS, or drive people into some pre-recorded content, having your sales team reach out. You also mentioned that you can modify the content that you're sending out based on what someone's lead score or behavior is. Talk to me about that process and what are some of the tools people use there. So most marketing automation systems have fairly advanced capabilities to send different types of email to different people, dependent on data we have on them in the database. So it may be based on what country they are located in or city they live in. It may be based on their digital footprint, so what pages or page views they have had or whether or not they opened or clicked a particular email. But it can also be based on segmentation data like their job title, or other data we may have on them, for example, our purchase patterns in the web shop. So there's the opportunity to basically take whatever data you've collected on a specific user, whether it be their geography, whether it be the data from a form that they've filled, whatever you can collect on a specific user, and then you can pipe that back into your outreach. So for example, using email marketing, there's the opportunity to send an email instead of it being a generic template. It can say, hi, person's name, we see that you're the this position at that company and we're reaching out because here's our value proposition. Yes, but you can do much more. You can obviously choose which email to send or not to send. But if you send a particular email, then you can also replace parts of the content. So not only say, hello, Joe, and insert the personalization token, but you can actually replace complete paragraphs of text or columns of text. And you can replace imagery dependent on whether or not that particular person in 
for example, a man or a woman, or if that person is in a different price or in a, in a different age range. You can change the subject line of the email dependent on the information you have on that particular lead in the database, for example. Yeah, one of the things that I've done with my outreach for my consulting business was I segmented my outreach list into early stage companies, growth stage companies, and mid-market companies. And the value proposition that I included in my email copy was different for each one. So for early stage companies, I'm saying I can help you establish a great brand identity. For growth companies, it is about scale. For mid-market, it's about new channel validation. That's one of the ways that I've used marketing automation. And it's not purely just inserting someone's name, but also describing your value proposition, your company, what you're trying to accomplish, even the content that you're presenting to someone based on what you know about them. Yes, but you can go a little bit further as well. If you, for example, know that a particular lead has been visiting the windsurfing section of your website quite frequently and never been to the motorboat section, then that email may include an image of a windsurfing board, whereas the other lead who has been on the motorboat section of the website will get the same email, but he will actually get a photo of a motorboat instead. So you can personalize both the imagery and the copy to a much larger extent than just insert keywords. Unfortunately, the windsurfing section of my website is still under construction, so we're <laughs> just going to have to give everybody the same motorboat image. <laughs> You can do the same actually with call to action buttons. So on the website or even in emails, but particularly on websites, you may have a red, green or yellow call to action button on some web page. And whenever someone visits your website in the early stages, for example, that call to action button will offer a free PDF download. But whenever someone has downloaded that PDF and they come back, there is no point in offering the same PDF again in that call to action button. So you can use smart call to actions that actually change the offering and the, the layout in real time, depending on who visits the web page and what they have done in the past. So whoever has actually downloaded that PDF already, the same call to action button will change and no longer offer that PDF download, but instead, for example, offer a registration to a webinar. And whoever has attended such a webinar will get a call to action button that promotes a price quote, for example, the next time they come back to the web page. Makes a ton of sense. The marketing automation is not just about automating your outreach, but also the retention and re-engagement tools like your website or whatever properties you have, mobile app, etc. Here's the big problem that I have with marketing automation. You've mentioned a couple times, but wait, there's more. And to me, marketing automation is logical, incredibly complex, and incredibly sophisticated. So for people that are starting to think about marketing automation, the options are virtually endless. Where do they start? I think you should start small and take it step by step. You cannot do it all in one go. So the absolutely minimal marketing automation solution, obviously, is to have some call to actions on the website that leads to a landing page with a registration form that offers some incentive to register. So typically a lead magnet like a PDF download, for example. Once you have saved their email address or contact information in your CRM database, then a fairly simple nurturing email sequence is probably where you have to start. And then you can extend up on that later on. Yep. I think you start small, you start with the basics, blocking and tackling using the assets that you already have, and then you expand over time to do more sophisticated things and build in other tools like your push notifications or even integrating things like AI, which is the conversation that we're going to have down the road, which is the future of marketing automation. 
So I think that's a good stopping point for now. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Magnus Unimer for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Magnus is going to talk to us about artificial intelligence and how it is being integrated into marketing automation. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Magnus, you can click on his bio in our show notes or visit his website, unimer.com, which is U-N-E-M-Y-R.com. Also, the link at our website will direct you to a page where you can download a copy of Magnus's book about marketing automation, which is a gift that he's giving to all of the MarTech podcast listeners. A special thanks to Searchmetrics for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking to grow your online presence, go to searchmetrics.com to request your free tour of their platform. If you'd like to read the transcript of this podcast, we've published it on our website, martech.com. You can also click the link in our show notes to go specifically to the page for this episode. If you're a subscriber to the MarTech Podcast, we want to say thank you for being a member of our community. If you ever have questions, comments, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, or if you'd like to suggest other topics you'd like to see covered, click on the link in our show notes, or you can reach us through our social media channels. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. If you haven't subscribed yet and you want a weekly stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, in addition to part two of our episode with Magnus Unimer, we've got some great episodes lined up in the next few weeks. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed in no time. Okay, that's it for today. We'll be back with you tomorrow with Magnus. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.